Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. We're going to wait a couple more minutes to see uh, if we have some more folks that will be joining us. So just give it just about a second or two. Thank you for joining in on our call. So just give us just a second. Hi, Norman, are you on the call? Thank you, everyone, for joining in. We're just going to wait another minute. We have folks still joining in, so just give us one second or so. Norman Harvey. Yes, hi Norman. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. How are hey, you? Hey, Yes, I'm, I'm great. Yes, we have a couple of folks that are on the line, so I was waiting just a few more minutes to get started. But since okay, we have cool. you on the line, uh, we can go okay. ahead and proceed. I want to thank everyone for joining in on our call. I am so, so excited that each and every one of you have decided to join in on today's podcast. So welcome to our Design Your Life Home and Real Estate Edition. I am Simone Gale. I am the owner of Nare Interior Designs. And today I have Norman Harvey on the line that's going to be sharing some home buyer hacks and tips. So let me just tell you guys a little bit about Norman. Norman is a licensed realtor with Source One Realty Group. And Norman has more than five years' experience in home buying, selling homes, and just, you know, sharing some hacks and tips with his uh, potential home buyers um, who are looking to purchase their home. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn the floor over to Norman so Norman can share with you all um, a little bit about himself and also, you know, some do's and don'ts about the home buying. Okay, Norman, so I'm going to pass the floor over to you. Okay. Thanks, Simone. I appreciate it. First of all, uh, I want to thank you so much for uh, for giving me the floor to, um, to talk to some potential new home buyers out there and, um, you know, and um, everybody for calling in. I appreciate it. Um, you know, for taking the first step for uh, for first of all getting some knowledge to either um, to even um, get in a position to buy a home. So, uh, you know, just for that, you know, give yourself a round of applause for um, taking the first step. And um, uh, yeah, yeah. First and foremost, um, you know, let's get to it. Um, you know, so so we're gonna talk about some do's and don'ts uh, about buying a home. 
the first thing I want to talk about the dues. Um, a lot of things, a lot of people, I know a lot of first time home buyers, I get a lot of I get a lot of talk about credit, credit, credit. Hey no, my credit's messed up, my credit's this, my credit's that. Um, sometimes you gotta check your credit. So that's my first do. Check your credit and see see where you at. See where you at with it because a lot of times your credit is actually better than what you think because you think about you got old student loans or you know, other stuff that's on your credit. So a lot of times, you know, it kind of discourages people, you know, for you to want to take the step to try to buy a house. But, you know, you think you got a 580 and you check your score, you may have a 620. And at a 620, you can actually buy a house. A lot of people don't know that, but you can actually buy a house. So that's my first uh, do. Check your credit and see where your credit's at. Um, you got some stuff on your credit, uh, pay it down. If you got a... Um, a credit card worth a thousand dollars, and you spent up nine hundred dollars on that credit card. You know, you get your you get your taxes back, and you get your you know you got a you got some money to play with. You know, put at least nine hundred on it. You know, try to get like a low balance on your on your credit card, so that way you can boost your score. Um, you know, that's some little you know little secrets. I know what I did at one time when I had bad credit. That's one thing I did. I started I started bringing my um, Start bringing my balances. Uh, I start getting my balances low, so you know my credit starts shooting, starts shooting to the sky. Another thing I did um, at one time, I couldn't get credit cards, you know, because I didn't have any credit. So I thought I had good credit, because I didn't have any credit. But I found that I had bad credit. So another thing I did, I, I ended up investing in secure credit cards. That's one thing I did. And they, if you, you know, bank with Bank of America, um, Capital One, um, whoever, you know, you get credit. Uh, establishment is everybody offers uh, a secure credit card. You basically, you know, what it is, you're investing in yourself. So you give them $500 to give you a credit card, and you use your credit card. You spend maybe $150 off that credit card, and you make your minimum payments every month. I know I, I had two of them when I first got started, and, you know, that shot my credit score to the roof. So that's another thing. Um, as far as trying to get your credit together, but you got to have at least a 620 to buy a house. Um, you can't do it. You can do it with a 580, but um, not every lender can make that happen. So I will always tell everybody at least get a 620 to 640 if you want to look for a house. Um, that's just comfortable, you know. You know, as far as with the lender, as far as the lender getting you approved, you know, for 200, you know, three dollars to $200,000. Um, you definitely got to have good credit. There's it's no getting away around it. You got to work on your credit. And, um, you know, you got some stuff in your credit, pay it off. You know, a lot of times so you no, got to just put – I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm go sorry. Go ahead. I had a question. For no, 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 no. Okay. So for those that are on the line that their credit score is within that 500 range, does that mean that they are, are completely disqualified, or does it just mean that their interest rate will be a little bit higher what does that actually mean for someone that's on the line whose credit score um, runs between the 500s? Um, like, like I said, there's some credits out there, that, can, and I do know some lenders. I do know some lenders out there. I'm sorry about that. I know some lenders out there that can make these miracles happen with 580 credit scores. I never heard anything lower than that, but I, I know some lenders that can make it happen. But any lender would tell you that they, they prefer 620 or better. So I'm not saying it's impossible because, like, like I said, I know I know a lender that can definitely make that happen, but it's kind of tight. And like you said, if they do make that happen, their interest rate would be super high. But they will get a house, but, you know, they may be paying a lot more for the house than, you know, they will, they will be paying if they had, like, a 620 credit score. Okay. 
Okay. So it's kind of like a, yeah, 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 yeah. It's slippery slope. So I will always say try to at least get a 620 or better. And um, if you guys, anybody have any questions about, um, you know, credit, you know, you guys can always call me or you can email me. Um, I have a great credit repair guy that I work with. And um, and if you just want to ask you just for some advice, um, stuff that I did, because at one time I, I used to have a 580, you know what I mean? Now my, you know, my score, you know, I'm in the 700s now. So if you just want some advice on that, I can definitely, you know, give you guys some advice on that. So you can call me anytime. And I'll definitely get my number out, you know, towards the end of the, the call. Yeah. Simone, you got anything oh. else? Okay. Um, not at this particular time, but okay. um okay. Does, do anyone does anyone that's on the line have any questions for Norman as far as it uh pertains to the home buying process, um, or anything like that? And Norman, do you find that right now the market is more catered to people, uh, first-time home buyers right now, or what is the market currently doing right now? Um, I would say right now, yeah, right, right. I would say right now there's more of a seller's market. The market's still up, so you know, right now it's a limited, you know, it's a limited quantity of houses, you know, that are going on the market. So right now it's definitely, you know, it's a seller's market. Right now, I mean, the market's up. I mean, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, the market is up. So right now, you know, I don't see it coming to it anytime soon. So right now, I would definitely say it's definitely it's a seller's market right now. You know, not nothing against any buyers, but the thing with the buyers, so let's just say, you know, we get pre-approved for a house and it's time to buy a house. You've got to be ready to go because you're competing with other first-time home buyers. So, you know, you, you just got to come with it. You know what I'm saying? So you just can't. You know, hey, let's go see this house. Let's go see 80 houses. And then thinking that, you know, we come back to that first house we've seen after the 80th showing, you think that house is going to be there because 79 of the other houses, they all are going to be gone. And that's how quick the houses are, uh, are selling. So so right now, there's definitely a seller's market. So um, okay. I would say, you know, just if you see something, you know, even if you're already working with a realtor or whatever the case may be, if you're out and you guys see something, Put an offering on it. You like it? Put an offering on it, and you know, and try to get the contract filled and try to close. Because the time you get back to see the next five to ten houses, that first house that you really, really like, it may not be available. So that's my advice uh, uh, with that. Because I've been with you know buyers, and you know, and you know, we go see twenty houses because they're undecided, and they say, well, hey, no, let's go see that first house. You know, we seen last Saturday. And you find out, you know, the house is under contract, and then you want to go see, well, how about the fourth house you see? I really like that. That's under contract. And then all the houses that you previously liked, all of them are, gone, you know, they're under contract or they're about to go to closing. So I will always say, once you see it, uh, you got to shoot. You got to shoot first, and you just got to, you know, we just pray on it, get your contract, get accepted, and we close. So Okay. And is the same process the same for those that are on the line that currently already possess a um or currently have a, a home? Is the process any different from someone that is looking to buy versus someone who um is already a homeowner looking to buy? Does the credit score um does that still apply to that person? Or is there any of the process is different than someone who's a first time home buyer? Right, right. Um, it applies, but um, then it's though that they are trying, they are selling the house. 
So they're not going to keep this mortgage. So let's just say I have a house, and I just, just like you said, if I had a house and I want to sell a house, but I want to upgrade and move into another house. So uh, we have lenders that can that can facilitate them, can facilitate their deal, make sure they get their pre-approval for this, uh, for the house that let's just say is $500,000, and even though they try to sell the house for $300,000. So they can still get a pre-approved for that $500,000, and it won't go against them. You know, they, you know, the debt won't go against them until they sell that house. And once they sell a house, now they can buy the next house. But they still can start looking until they sell that first house. And once they sell the first house, once they sell it, now we can move right on to the next house, you know, that they can buy. But I can still get them pre-approved. I have my lender. They can still get them pre-approved to go looking, to go house shopping for the next house. As long as their credit is still good and they don't have anything, you know, else other than that house. And, you know, and the lenders can make that happen. But I have some lenders that could definitely facilitate that type of deal and um, and uh, and that can make that happen for the homeowner that already has the house that want to upgrade okay. to, you know. Whether upgrade or downgrade, it doesn't matter. They still can definitely make that happen. Okay. That's awesome. And then the last question I do have for you, because I know that I'm not sure if this is a fact or if this is a myth, but one of the okay. things that I've noticed with um, people that I know that are um, looking to buy a home, they're really concerned about the, the, their credit being hit several times by different lenders. So in the event I'm looking to purchase a home and I'm using one lender, that lender may not qualify me, so I may proceed in going with another lender. Does it hit multiple times or does it hit one time because the credit bureaus are aware that you are in the market of purchasing a home? You just said it. You just answered the question. So that's that's basically what it is. If I'm not mistaken, I have to double-check with my lender, but I think it's like a 10-day grace period. So basically you have two weeks. So, uh, let's just, like you said, let's just say you go to uh, Navy Federal and they give you uh, a certain rate that you're not satisfied with, and you say, well, you know what, let me go check with Bank of America or let me go check with Capital One and see what kind of rate I can get with them. So you could definitely do that, and you won't, and you'll just get dinged that one time. It'll be a hard hit, but you'll get hard hit that one time, and you won't get, you know, several hard hits that would definitely knock your score all the way down. That won't happen. So, so you definitely yeah. So that's you basically answered the question. You're right. You won't. But I'm just not sure how long, how many days you got to do that. I'm not sure if you get like okay. a 30 day grace period to go, you know, looking for the best loan. But if I'm not mistaken, it's 10 days. So you pretty much get like two weeks to find the best okay. loan, and then and then from there you can move forward with the, uh, you know, um, bank you want to go with to get you the best uh, rates. Okay. So. And so, did you want to share with the group? Um, what is the best way okay. to contact you if they have any questions? Sure, sure. Um, you guys can call me at uh, this. You call me directly on my cell phone. I'm usually up twenty four seven. I don't sleep, so uh, <laughs> you can call me at two zero two. Get your pencil paper out. Two zero two five six zero six two six four, and that's my direct line. You can call me, and if you want, you can text me. It's up to you. If you have any questions at any time, just call me. I'll try to um, answer your questions to my best knowledge and, um, and try to get you started. So hopefully this year we can definitely uh, move into a house. And um, if you want to uh, check me out on, uh, on our Facebook, uh, I have a page, I have a business page, um, Harvey Homes on Facebook. And on Instagram, I have Harvey Homes DC. 
so you can follow me on Instagram as well. But um, the best way to get me, just uh, just call me. Call me anytime, 202-560-6264, and you can call me anytime, and I can definitely answer some of the questions that you guys may have. And, um, and uh, definitely just give me a call. Okay. Well, thank you, Norman. I appreciate you. So now um, what I wanted to do is I wanted to talk about, now since we've covered the part about buying a home and what that process is, I wanted to talk about um, some of the challenges. So if you all follow me on Instagram, Facebook, whatever social media Uh handle, you'll notice one of the biggest things that I'm always ranting and raving about is decluttering. Um, But today I want to talk about some of the biggest challenges once you buy that new home and you're trying to figure out what stays and what goes. So, for example, if you're currently living in an apartment and you're moving into a house, you're trying to figure out what are you going to keep and what are you going to throw away. But it technically it still applies even if you're moving from single family to townhome or whatever the case may be. It all still applies. So one of the first things that I feel like you guys should do is to reduce, um, to reduce the moving pains by choosing, you know, an interior decorating idea. So exactly what is it that you like? What color schemes do you like? Um, you know, look, checking out the space in the new home to see how exactly can you arrange the furniture based on the floor plans in the home beforehand. The key word is beforehand. Do not wait until you get into the home to try to figure, okay, well, is this sofa going to be too big? Is it going to be too small? Look at the floor plan. And basically that's a part of the home buying process too. Most times mm-hmm. I know if you're anything like me, I'm looking at space. How much space will I need? Is it a lot of space? If you have a lot of space, you have, of course, more areas to work with. But if it's less space, you don't want to put too much stuff in there. So what I want to talk about is what are the top five things that you're going to throw away, okay? So listen to these. The top five things that you are going to throw away are non-essential books. Some of you may be readers. You're part of a book club, no matter what the case may be. Once you read those books, what do we typically do? We put them on the shelf, they sit there, and then they do what? Collect dust. So those are one of the things that I feel like if they're non-essential, you're not reading them anymore, you can donate them, um, or you can pass them on to someone else who's never read the book and you might want to share with them. The other thing is lessen your kitchen items. So if you anything like me, I have to admit sometimes – my kitchen countertop because, you know, as a designer, I like certain things, but then I know at some point, like my juicer that I have on my kitchen counter right now, it needs to go. <laughs> so some of those things you can kind of, you know, lessen the space, open your space up, make everything look roomier. Um, the other thing is, this is a really big one, those clothes and shoes that you have not worn in a long time that you're trying to figure out how you and when you're going to lose weight to finish them. <laughs> or that girlfriend that wants that outfit that you know she's been asking you for and you just won't give it to her because what? You paid a whole lot of money for it. It's a size 8, but you're a size 12. Now we all say I do it too. I'm, I'm guilty of keeping, you know, some suits in my closet that are a certain size that I'm like, okay, you know what? One day I will get back in them. But when you're moving or even when you're decluttering your space, are you really going to wear them? Um, So one of the things that I do recommend is as you're moving, 
Start to declutter. Make piles of things that you can donate. Um, the other thing that I do want to recommend with the donation piece is that you can have a garage sale or you can have uh, you can do a flea market. Or if you're any, again, what I do is I sell things on offer up and I sell things on let it go. So in other words, even though you may not get full value for those things that you're getting rid of, you can get some of that money's back. So it's not, you know, in a sense you're giving them away for free with no cost. Mm-hmm. The other thing is we keep CDs and DVDs. Um, you know, you, we have the shelves with those things. We have Netflix and chill now. So how many of you are really watching those CDs and listening um, I'm sorry, watching those DVDs and listening to the CDs in the car. We have Apple Music. We have so many um, latest and greatest technology methods that most of us are not using those things anymore. So let's try to get rid of those things. We can donate them again, or you can sell them or give them to someone who, you know, um, a music junkie who collects them. So we could use them, you know, they can use them in whatever settings that works best for them. Um, The other thing is old bills and junk mail and paper. So one of the things that I found in doing my own research, I found a company that um, actually you that can stop um, the junk mail. Yes, I said it. You can stop junk mail from coming to your home. If you visit my website at NYRAIDesigns.com, it is in my blog. The email address is in there. But it's a company called DMA Choice. DMA Choice, what their slogan is, is they give your mailbox a makeover. And what does that mean? That means that all that junk mail that you're receiving that you're steadily throwing in the trash or you're dumping it in a kitchen drawer, you can definitely not get it anymore. So that is the key. The key is to not collect junk, okay? So, again, those are the top five things that I feel though as though that you should throw away when you're moving from one location to the other. Now, okay, you guys are probably like, well, she's trying to tell us to get rid of everything. No, that's not it. There are some <laughs> things that we should keep. Some of those things that we should keep is anything that's in good shape, okay? So what does that mean? Shoes that you, you know, wear all often. Um, clothes that you wear often that you know you can fit, that you're going to always fit despite the season. Um, And one thing I want to elaborate on that when I mention season is if you can, you can, you know, fold your items up by season, and that will, you know, free up some space in your closet or in your home wherever you store your stuff just so that, you know, it can, you know, you can maximize your space. Any type of wall art. Um, I know a lot of us use wall art for decor in our homes. We have some signature pieces, African-American art or, you know, abstracts, whatever it is that you really like. You know, I say you can keep those with you, um, especially if they're of value, because those are pieces that you can place into the, on the walls in your new place, and you can use the colors or whatever that's in the photo to pull your design together. So, you know, you you don't have to necessarily get rid of those. Uh, The other thing is area rugs. So area rugs are really good. For the most part, um, people usually get those in a, you know, a a plain color. So, for example, like the grays, and I have like a teal shag rug, 
And you can definitely do a whole lot with those, you know, white shag rugs. So those are the things that I will definitely, you know, keep because you can definitely use those in other areas of your home. So, for example, you may start out with it in your first home or your apartment in your living room, but it may be an area rug that you can move to your bedroom or to your sitting room. You know, it, it has so much flexibility that you can do so many different things with that. And then the last thing that I want to talk about is your custom furnishings. Those are things that you do want to keep. Um, I know a lot of people do DIYs or they buy expensive pieces, signature pieces from artists or um, from designers as far as sofas or chairs or anything like that. I say that you should keep those. Those are things that, hold, that are of value, so you don't want to throw those things away, Okay. So I just wanted to share those tips with you all. Um, And then also, too, while we're talking about the home thing, I do want to recommend with you all, and Norman, you can um, tell me what your feedback is on this, as far as staging um, a home. So for those that are currently living in any type of single family or townhome, staging is a really big deal. As an interior designer, that's been one of the um, peak areas of my business, working with investors and real estate agents, because what it does is there's a big benefit to that. The biggest benefit Mm -hmm. to staging your home is allowing a potential buyer to see and vision the uh, furnishings in the space. Now, I'm sure most of you all, like most of my clients, everything is about the eye what they can vision, what they can see, how can they maximize it, what pieces can they put in there. And that's going to be the key essential to when you're trying to sell or buy a home. Now, Norman, have yeah. you, do you agree with that as a real estate agent, you know, when you have clients mm-hmm. that want to place their homes on the market? Or what, do you, what is your take on that? Um, I'm going to definitely recommend staging a home. Like, um, you want the house so quick. And a lot of times the staging fills the house. Like you can go into a house, you know, it's like a, it's almost like, you know, I look at it like a painting. You know, you walk into it, it's almost like a canvas. Let me say that, a canvas of a painting. You know, you got a blank canvas and that's all you got. And the blank canvas is cool. But when you see the artwork that's put to that canvas or the painting, then, you know, the artwork is sold. And I think staging is almost kind of like the same thing, you know, you know, just like artwork. You know, because I've, I've been to the houses, you know, there's you no know, blank, nothing in it, and I've seen people walk through them and say, oh, okay, you know, the house is cool, let's go see another one. But I've been to the right. houses on a stage you know, with the couches and, uh, you know, fruit, you know, <laughs> you know, the fruit bowls on the, you know, on the on the granite countertops and, you know, the beds in the bedroom, you know, they had the, the, you know, the room for the kids and, the, you know, and everything is just staged perfectly and, you know, you go to that house, oh, my God, I want this house right here. No, not. this is the one I want to put an offering on. So I would definitely recommend staging. I can't say it no other way if, you, um, if you're listing your house. If, you, if you're a homeowner on, on the line, if you want to list your house, definitely go staging. I mean, I can't, I can't say it no other way. You know, it's definitely worth hey, the investment to get it so quick. I'm guessing that's how these um, model homes in these communities, that's why they sell the properties. Most definitely. Most definitely. You know, most because definitely. when you guys walk in there, you see all these beautiful pieces, accent, accessories. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, oh, you yeah. see the furniture and everything, and it's yep. like, I want this one. Yep. And you want it. That's how they get you all, because of the staging of the furnishings <laughs> in the house. So just yeah, imagine, right. you know, if you walk into a home and it's like a blank canvas, it's not going to appeal yep. to you. And that's why they do it. And that's a critical part of the home buying process. And the one of the critical parts about what I do as a designer is that a lot of my clients um, – they, you know, they, the investors and real estate agents, they definitely invest in that cost because the return on mm-hmm. that is amazing. So, like, for example, my last client who I staged for, well, the client before last, the home got a contract in five days. Yes, five wow. days the home got a contract. And that was simply right. because of the staging and the um, – because we do also do home improvement and renovations. So we did all the renovations in the home. And then we uh, staged it at the end. And it was just within, I mean, it was a battle war. Even though the contract was five days, there were three contracts that were placed on that one home. So that's how important it is that if you currently do have a home and you want to sell it, and I'm not saying take all your stuff out of your home and put new stuff in, it's just about at least having someone come in to help you maximize the space because, Everything is about the, the the eye, what the person sees when they walk in. So what I want to do is I know that we have a couple of folks on the line, and I wanted to open up the lines to anyone that has any questions. This is the opportunity um, for you all to ask me any questions about your home, design, decluttering. I do want to share with you all that I do have um, various social media handles. If you're not already following me on Instagram, my page is Nairay Designs. I'm on Facebook as Nairay Interior Designs. And then also, too, I created a group. It's a support group on Facebook. It's called Home Design and Organization. And just to tell you a little bit about that group, what we do there is I post videos, of my own house so people won't think I'm perfect with my decluttering because I am not. I struggle with some of the same things that I do try to help the group with, but we go through the thing, those same things together. People post pictures. They send me, text me, email me testimonials of how they've um, decluttered their spaces in their home. So I highly encourage you all, if this is a challenge for you, that you definitely join into the uh, into the group. So at this time, if you have any questions cool. for me, if you have any questions for Norman, please unmute your line and you can ask us anything that you want at this time. I know somebody has no a question. I know somebody has some questions. No questions on the home design process. Or, I mean, hey, I have folks paying for home consultations, and you guys have me on the phone. So any home design or any questions that you have, this is the perfect opportunity. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we have a couple of folks on the line, so we have no questions. Okay. All right. Well, Norman, I want to thank you so much for joining in on today's call. Um, thank you for the tips and information that you've shared with the group. 
since we don't have any questions, I'm going to go ahead and conclude the call. I want to thank everyone that's on the line, and hopefully you guys will join us on our next podcast. Again, make sure you guys stop by my page at NARAY, my webpage at NARAYdesigns.com. There is tons of information there. Again, my social media um, handles and my uh, support group on Facebook. So thank you all for joining in, and you guys have a good night. Thank you.